0: episode three of draft show begins now bill kenny nick john eric Wolschlager, and jeff boyd before we begin quick temperature check how's everybody doing jeff
1: you know i was i was worried this is going to date the show but i feel pretty safe that it will not date the show the sabers are making me mad so i'm happy to be here with (laughs) all of you but i feel like no matter when this actually
0: releases it will still be relevant that's an evergreen statement there by you um Eric, full disclosure: You're playing ice hockey this evening uh, after we record, and I'm hoping that you don't uh, you don't do as poorly as the local team does.
2: I uh, I do have an ice hockey game late tonight, and uh, in the name of full disclosure, we are just as bad if not worse than the buffalo
0: Sabres. so and that was Excellent. eric's timer so we got to get moving on this nick <laughs> you showed me that alexander ovechkin ad from a local <laughs> washington dc television tonight in one of our group chats yeah, uh yeah pretty good know. huh oh my god what an actor and a singer so it's yeah, a triple threat. I'm sure you can dance too. I'll,
3: I'll have to copy and give it to you guys. It's uh, for Eastern Motors here in DC. Um, okay. n- notorious for having a terrible jingle and yeah. having um, sports stars from the uh, metro area sing the jingle. Right. Um, there's actually another good one with I think it's Clinton Portis, Ray Lewis, and Levar Arrington all like okay. trying to sing it all while like bopping up and up and down in cars. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. Very awesome. good good
0: clean fun for everybody
1: when i entered with the sabers in 2013 we were right by the visiting team entrance so i got to see like every team they played come in basically every single player no one has a cooler
0: vibe to him than alex ovechkin
1: that we played the entire season
0: that dude just emanates cool Yeah, yeah he is the man uh no one has ever celebrated harder or better a championship than alex ovechkin in 2018 that brought a smile to my face every single time i saw that man so good for him very good. All right. Well, we are uh, doing another draft tonight, boys. We are not talking about sports. Uh, we will save that for another day. Instead, we're going to be talking about cartoons, mostly cartoons with an adult twist to them. We all have a variety of different uh, tastes, I think. And let's uh, establish the draft order here tonight on draft show. Before we begin, it will be Bill first, myself, Nick. You got second pick. Jeff was third and Eric was fourth. So we will be doing a four by four draft. 16 picks will be on the board, and then we will be sharing those picks on our various social media platforms, looking for your feedback. Let us know what you like, what you hate, and if you think that somebody oatmealed it, which we will discuss here, <laughs> uh, perhaps later on is one of our first terms that we've established. Um, so I had the first pick. I will get us going here. I think there were three surefire first picks, and if you picked one of the three, you couldn't go wrong. I went with Beavis and Butthead. I think Beavis and Butthead is the all time classic cartoon. It was so dumb, yet so brilliant at the same time. It was the first cartoon that I can remember that my mom would be upset that I was watching or try to intentionally prevent me from watching, um, even more so than a couple others that I'm sure will be mentioned here momentarily. But Beavis and Butthead to me, just still the funniest. They have uh, many homages all over the interwebs, uh, a couple of Twitter feeds that'll just tweet out 35 second clips and they're just, they're still funny to me. I just, I've never laughed harder than than Beavis and Butthead.
3: Yeah, it's the combination of the animation mixed with the, the music videos in the middle. Yes. I think yeah. the music videos like bring a really important part of it. Obviously, it shortens the, the, the actual cartoon itself, so it doesn't have to be you know, this full length, you know, 22 minute cartoon, like you're mixing right. in nonsense and you're playing just absolutely like ridiculous videos. One of the the videos I remember the most um, and the whole like all of the clips that they would put in, put in with it was a song called Detachable Penis. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I remember that song.
0: <laughs> Ping Missile.
3: Yes. So good. And you're like, they're just like talking about it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And that was the, the the best part of it was there was no 22 minute, like nothing was self-contained. It was what, seven minutes and then a one or two minute clip of the video commercial. And then you go to another episode and it was just, it was perfect, but it also spun off a lot of different cartoons, a couple that we, we will talk about that are Mike judge products and a, a couple other ones as well. But yeah, I mean, it was just, and I thought the movie was great too. Just, a perfect cartoon franchise. You don't want to be thinking too hard when you're watching cartoons, and I never thought too hard with you. But Button.
1: Eric, good. good stuff. Yeah, the only the only thing for me is maybe this because I'm the slightly younger one in the room. Yeah, it, this one doesn't resonate you. for me the same way because no. I was I think I was just too young to appreciate it at its height.
0: So you were born in '93 or '91? '91. So you, yeah, it it was in its heyday, uh, probably in like the '92 to '96. I think was when the movie came out. Um, so yeah, I was six to 11 and that's just the perfect age, right. To just have it. It's, it's brilliantly stupid humor is the way I would describe it.
2: I, uh, I think what I enjoyed about it was as ridiculous as they were, it was in some ways relatable. Like you knew a couple of kids that wore, you know, metal t-shirts and were a little (laughs) off and, uh, you kind of suspected that's what was happening when they got together alone in their mom's <laughs> living room or whatever, but you weren't sure. And then just MTV confirmed it for you. And you were like, <laughs> okay, well, you know, at least I am a little more worldly. I, I understand now I, I can confirm those suspicions. So yep. but I, it was, it was fantastic. Uh, I, I don't have a bad thing to say about it. I, I think this was a solid pick.
0: So "Be of some butthead goes number one, Nick, number two, I think the other uh, home run for a lot of people.
2: Yeah, The Simpsons.
3: Um, it's. I, I think. Obviously, there are there are downsides to this pick because The Simpsons has been around for 500 years, <laughs> and has not really been relevant for the last, you know, probably since like 2000, 2001. But even still, it is immensely relevant to culture. It, it's still like, it's still important maybe not to the extent it was like it was everywhere in the nineties, absolutely everywhere. Um, and some of the, the, you know, people's sayings and, and different characters are just like timeless. They have been around for, you know, 30 years and, you know, storylines and, and you just get to know everybody so well. And the world is absolutely enormous they repeat, you know, bring characters back. They like they bring in um, celebrities to to, vo- to voiceovers all the time, which is awesome. Um, you know, they're one of the few um, shows like this that does that consistently. Did something like this back then, um, so it was really exciting. Um, you know, there's it's full of trivia. There's so much Simpsons <laughs> trivia out there, which really you know obviously excites me a lot. Um, so I I just think it it and it's very culturally. Culturally relevant from the 1990s Like there isn't a single Show that's more You could yeah. you could try and say it's like Seinfeld or Friends Or something like that but no it's The Simpsons
0: And I think That it you know it Like you said I think it just got renewed for its 33rd year I think 1989 was when it yeah. debuted right the, around that, As yeah. its own thing Off of the Tracy Allman show and I mean yeah we everybody knows Cohen O'Brien Was a writer but there were so many other comedians that did writing or guest spots on the show and yeah i it even even though it may not be culturally relevant right now the 10-year run that it had probably from like 90 to 2000 i think is nearly unparalleled uh compared to any other show period just name it it could be you could be talking about 60 minutes you could be talking about sunday night football you could be talking about seinfeld you could be talking about anything and simpsons is right there when it comes to television
1: yeah, this was the surefire number one on my board, just. And even though they've had a couple down seasons and some down episodes, I think they still are funnier than people give them credit for. Just because it isn't necessarily as on top and witty as it maybe maybe was in 1998 doesn't mean that it's completely jumped the shark here at this point. Uh, this is the Michael Jordan of comics. This is a sh- slam dunk first round pick in my opinion.
2: So, if you're looking to identify age difference on the on the podcast this was the first show that my parents prevented me from watching. (laughs) That's how old I am. But uh, yeah. And I think my favorite part about the Simpsons is how they always found a way to make the world, their world, which made their world part of the actual world. And like, like Nick said, um, they're constantly bringing in people to do their own voices, not voice actors. It's like, you know, the Ramones were on the Simpsons Tony Hawk and Blake One Eighty Two are around the Simpsons, like, you know, just this gigantic range of all these people, but that, but the actual physical people were, were a part of it. And that, I think that makes it kind of that much more realistic, that much more relatable. And I don't, I, I don't watch it as intensely as I did back then, but uh, Noah's been enjoying the library that's on Disney plus and he's watched some of the, the more recent episodes and he, he laughs. So I get, they're still doing their, their job. I might not be the demo anymore, but he, he hits it. So.
0: And Noah is your son. He's eight or nine. He's nine, nine. So it's still, yeah, no, I think you're right. It's, it, it definitely still hits. It's still something for sure. Uh, Jeff, you have the third overall pick here. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So I will admit this is probably a bit off the, if there was a big board, if Mel Kuyper was ranking the, the picks here, I bet you Eric's pick is probably, ahead of mine in terms of who you would say should be drafted here at number three. And I'm okay with that because the point of this is I'm just going to draft whatever the hell I want. We're just all going to have to live with it. Nothing uh, wrong with that. First round after. The, so when Nick took the Simpsons, which would have absolutely been my number one, I went with another Matt Groening show and I took Futurama third overall. And this has been for ever and ever the go-to need something to watch, need something to laugh at show for me. And in the same way, like the Simpsons universe is so expansive. So, so is the future. Literally the galaxy of Futurama is so expansive. You care a lot about all the characters. They're all goofy in their own ways. They're all ridiculous. And it's also the show that can take you from laughing at just wordplay and puns to crying over Jurassic Park, the range of the characters and the storytelling to tell not just silly stories, but also emotionally provocative kind of stories and really make you invested in the, the characters as, as the show gets canceled and brought back and canceled and brought back to successfully come up with three actual good finale episodes. Um, that all felt like they fit, that tie back to the beginning. Um, I've w- I remember watching this for like an hour to two hours a night at college just while sitting around at the end of the day to still doing that now. Uh, funniest one on the board to me.
2: I uh, have to say that I, I love Futurama, and the thing that I like the most about it is how just randomly I will think about a moment and it it doesn't just make me sad it wrecks me (laughs) and and that's not like necessarily there are maybe dramas that that do a better job of that normally but um spoiler alert the dog waiting for fry like oh my god like sometimes i just think about that moment and i'm like why that's so sad
1: yeah you, you you flip on uh Sci-fi. Now we're at mostly at eleven thirty. Yeah. Like, what episode is this? Oh, it's Jurassic Park. I'm absolutely not watching that right <laughs> now. I'm not in the mental state to do so. I I completely agree.
2: But uh, and and, and knowing what my my pick is, I I think uh, I think Jeff made a good pick with this one.
3: So, um, I'll I'll be one hundred percent honest. I don't really like this show that much, and I it's probably more due to like not having consumed it enough. Um, I do feel like it's like one of those shows that you can't just like jump in, you know, straight away, watch an episode or two and like be completely invested into it. Um, I mean, it's funny. Uh, don't get me wrong. I just, it's not like I'm not really big into sci fi as it is. Um, you know, I know obviously it's a cartoon set in, you know, the future and science fiction worlds. Um, probably wouldn't. I mean, I, you give me 16, I probably wouldn't have picked it, but. I get why people like it um you know not hating on the pick Uh, i just don't know enough about it maybe this is an opportunity for me to revisit that at some point so
0: yeah i I think it's a little more storyline driven than what simpsons or beavis and butthead were or the next show even and uh for that i just i was never able to get into it i knew i definitely watched it after when it came after the simpsons um a little bit uh of course tail end of my watching of that show I just I don't have enough of it, but I, I think it's got more of a cult following than just about any cartoon and people, like you said, they love it. And um, I don't want to watch Sad dog. So I'm going to skip that episode that you guys <laughs> were just referencing because I uh, yeah, not in the emotional state of mind to be able to handle that. Eric, you got no, four? I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go watch ahead. it. I'll watch it and report. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate <laughs> that. Just text me a report. Eric, you yeah. got the uh, the turnaround here. You got four and five. Fire away.
2: Okay. So, uh, at pick number four, I went with South park, another iconic, I, I, uh, you guys talked about the top three. I feel like, um, if you had picked four, these, these would pretty much be the four. Um, you know, I, I remember the beginning and how it was silly and edgy and, and fun. And then I remember when it took a turn and it, started like really just making a distinct effort to nail whatever the social commentary at the time was. And the fact that they would like take headlines and crank out an episode of stop motion animation in a week. Like, I know they ran a sweatshop. I know like the working conditions were mostly terrible. I know that they both also like committed themselves to that same schedule. Um, uh, Matt Parker and Trey Stone. But I just... You know, I I, and and they've been around for almost 25 years now, too, and they're still making episodes. They're still relevant and they still kind of hit that same social commentary. Um, I think my favorite episode is the Little League episode where the kids hate playing baseball and they're trying to lose. But none of the kids in the league like to play. And so they learn how to lose better. Like they'll hit the ball like straight into the kid's glove. And uh, so they make it to like the state championship and they don't want to be there. They just want to like go and have fun and do some, do boring things in the summer instead of playing baseball. But it's just like that, that weird twisted look at things. Uh, Another great one is um, they're, they're a hockey team and one of their teammates gets cancer and he keeps saying, well, I, I think I'd feel better if we could pull out a win and uh, they tie, and he's like, "Well, I don't feel better, but I don't feel worse." And then they have to play like the Colorado Avalanche, and the, Avalanche the red, like it's the Red Wings. It's re- yes, it's the Red Wings. They and the Red Wings like check them through the boards. They're knocking teeth out. It's just like the dumbest, funniest. I don't know. I I I I, I enjoy the show. I, I fell off for a while, and I, I recently went back and watched like the last few seasons, and I don't. Know, it's it's still funny to me.
0: I remember in seventh and eighth grade, like, the, the conversations at the lunch table were surrounding, did you watch South Park last night? Like, that was the Thursday conversation. It was, you had never seen anything like that. And I think the uniqueness of the animation and the way that they made it so bright and colorful and made it look so childish, but delivered, um, you know, lots of profanity. And, you know, they got better with it. They definitely got that sharpness, uh, the political side to them. Not you know just political commentary, not explicitly political, but like you said, social commentary and everything too, yeah. Eric. And yeah, that show um, to me probably number two uh, in terms of just cultural relevance to to the Simpsons, probably overall.
1: That little league episode is so good because that's the same one that Randy's fighting the other little league dads yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. I thought this was America in, in the parking lot of all those little league games. Uh, and just to continue to, to lay out the timeline, this is probably the first show that my parents had tried to stop me from watching when I was <laughs> up in the 90s.
0: Um,
2: I was almost out of high school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> good times. And you can well, find it's... them on Kanisha hockey together. It's, yeah. it's great. But real,
1: real, doing. real uh real odd couple if you um, the the ability, like we talked about, the way that they were able to turn the show around so quickly made it feel much more alive than some other shows that were being written and animated weeks and months in advance. And there's I, there's some shows that did that very well. But the fact that I, something could happen on a Friday night and that I could turn on South Park the following Wednesday and they would be talking about it is absolutely it, it was it's a, it's unbelievable. It's, you, you expect that from like SNL. You don't expect that from your from your cartoons
0: we take that for granted now because everything's so instantaneous but to be able like eric said to turn around a show in five six days and just they've they've spoken about how trey and matt have spoken about how they've ripped up entire shows and just put it together in the shortest amount of time possible and like you said i you know basically sacrificing health and sleep to do so but the result is the result and it's one of the all-time classics
1: and if you're mentioning favorite episodes, I'm a big fan of the episode where, and now because he did not, since he's okay recovering after the car crash, we can talk about the Tiger Woods Sex Edition episode where there's a <laughs> ghost that's causing all these rich, successful celebrities like Tiger Woods and Bill Clinton to want to go out and have sex with lots of women. Um, that's, that, that one stands out for me.
2: That's a good one. That's another good one. Simpsons did it. That's a fantastic one. And homage, obviously, to,
0: to pick number two. Nick? Thoughts on the uh, South Park? Oh, so South Park is great. Um,
3: yeah, I, I I don't know for me if they like they try too hard sometimes um, to kind of like you know stick a square peg in a round hole, um, but you know they when they get it right they get it right and it's yeah. awesome, um, and it's rare that they miss. Um, Matt and Trey are geniuses in every aspect. Um, the animation is, is hilarious. Um, he like said, very culturally relevant all always, um, always on the, the, the pulse of, of pop culture. Um, you know, even today, uh, very controversial, which is, you know, if you like it, you like it, it's great. You know, it, it's helpful. Um, it, it keeps you on the, you know, on the tongues of the people who matter. So, uh, I like it. Good pick.
0: Beavis and Buttheads, Simpsons, Futurama, South Park, round one think we hit the big ones let's go to round two eric pick five
2: i'm looking at the chart now and i definitely reached on this one uh this one definitely still would have been available later on i feel (laughs) but uh and i but i went with adventure brothers which uh you know a kind of a one of those cult classic cartoons there there are a lot of tropes there that are tropes of cult classic things so it, it kind of takes them a level down from your normal cult classic stuff but uh, you know just some of the some of the tensions that reside within it I, I think are maybe if you, if you don't if you're if you're only watching on the surface and you're not really paying attention you're not catching everything and I think that's the that's the fun part of the show so maybe maybe uh, too high on the board at number five but I think it belongs on the list
1: going to go right out and just admit that i've never watched a single second of the show ever in my entire life so i will take your word for it i i also had to google this to figure out what
3: it was um i'm sure it's funny i'm, I'm reading uh synopses of the characters and, and episodes it, it certainly seems like something that would be up my alley um but yeah i when, when you put it in there i'm like i have no idea what this is but it must be good if we're taking it that high so
2: I mean, I recommend it, and I think they're fifteen-minute episodes too, so you oh. can like,
0: yeah. Watch Sign it up. up. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also have never watched <laughs> *Brothers*, but I'm sure it's really good. And uh, would it have been available at uh, twelve or thirteen? Yes, I think it would. How? Been. I, how <laughs> did I oatmeal twice in a row? Like. <laughs> I'll try and watch an episode tonight. I won't, but I'm going to try. I'm going to put the right, up thanks. for a toy uh, Jeff, go ahead at number six.
1: It's truly amazing that that Eric found something that none of us had watched
0: (laughs) such well-traveled
1: individuals like us. So I thought there was a lot on the board here at number six, a little little behind the curtain. There were three things I was debating between at number six, and all of them, well, I took one, and the other two got taken pretty much immediately by Nick (laughs) and Bill, so we'll find those out pretty much quickly here. I went with Archer at number six. Good
0: pick there, Jeffrey.
1: Uh, it's it jumped the shark a little bit. It's gotten back now that they're back to the spy agency, part of it's still in current season. Archer, it's gotten back to its roots. But the first four seasons, especially of Archer, and even a little bit into Vice and some of the goofier, like one off seasons they started doing the between the the rigid airship and going through the swamp and the train with the Canadian terrorists and the ocelot is just H. John Benjamin, first of all, is fantastic at voice acting, incredible. And my, my love for rest of development. Having Jessica Walter as the voice of Mallory, Aisha Tyler, who does a fantastic job as Lana. There's just so many heavy hitters who do such a great job bringing such life and death to these morally depraved, ridiculously ridiculously complicated characters. You have the, the scientist with an anime waifu who was probably a clone of Hitler and one of the boys from Brazil who also was in charge of you know making sure everyone is getting their their weapons checks and everything and the secretary changes names four times in the first five episodes just, the whole thing is so ridiculous but in the best way yeah
0: it's a fun watch man it, it's just it's funny it moves most of the time just based on the action it is uh, probably of the of this past decade it's probably my favorite uh, cartoon that came out
1: if we talk about just how they something that, about the animation style of the show itself one thing I thought that they've always done very well is they'll be in one location, the character's talking, they say something or the end of sentence on a word, it transitions to the next character, yes. in a different scene. They just move the action seamlessly well so produced. well between all these characters.
0: It's a very well produced, the cuts are, the cuts make the show, which is when, weird to say, but like right. it is shot like it's a live action show. And it, I think it's really well done. And the writing is just, writing point. is incredible. Yep, agreed.
3: Yeah, no for sure. It, it's it's an excellent uh cartoon. Um it certainly was towards the top of my list when my my, my pick came up next. Um, yeah, I think it's very well done. The the voice acting is absolutely incredible from top to bottom. I I think my favorite character is uh is Cyril. Um, <laughs> Cyril. She's just so good. So like the 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 Chris I Parnell, just, right? Yeah, yeah Chris yes, Parnell. Yeah, yeah. And the the chemistry between all of the actors, yeah. you know, obviously they're not on screen. But like you could tell that there's chemistry between everybody. Um, they play off each other so well, you know, especially Asia Tyler and Chris Parnell. You wouldn't think that that would be like you know a, a match, um, <laughs> but it's awesome. Like they do a great yeah. job together, um, and uh, just in general, like it, it, it's a very well done show. Um, it's very smart, um, and it's not smart in the way that. You know, The Simpsons is smart, or, you know, or South Park is smart. They're sm- it's smart in a different way. Um, it kind of, you have to pay attention. You have to think because there's always callbacks. There's, it, you know, plot lines. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a very smart cartoon. So, and it's very bingeable, which I think is very important, um, you know, especially in these days uh, for the success of a show like that, for it to be like, I could sit here and watch six or seven episodes and forget that I've been sitting down for three hours. So I like it.
1: They've done some table reads on social media during the pandemic as well, that you can see just how much fun they have recording together. Yeah. I, I would imagine as well.
0: that they all really enjoy each other. Truly. Uh, all right. Number seven, Nick, what
3: do you got? Um. Yeah. So this was probably second on my list after the Simpsons. Uh, and, you know, by, by all means, like, since they kind of followed each other on Sundays for a while, uh, Family Guy. Um, I was kind of surprised it was still around. Um, it's what kind of like we were saying with with Archer, in that it's um, this show is basically built on cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a really good job in terms of just kind of wrapping everything together, doing callbacks all the time they're consistently doing you know calls to things that they were you know in season one season two season three and the the family is you know ridiculous obviously it centers mostly around peter and stewie but there are so many different you know plot lines that affect them and affect the entire family um that but this is also one of those shows though that you can really just jump in on any episode and not have to know what's going on and think it's funny and then do a little bit more research or watch some more episodes and kind of get how everything kind of works together. Um, you know, obviously I, I like the concept of the talking baby um, because it's just hilarious. And Brian is a, another level of something like, you know, if, if the Simpsons had a talking animal um, you know, it would certainly give a different aspect because Brian is essentially the smartest person in the room always. Um which I think is great. I I love that aspect of the show um, and just all of the, the, also like culturally constantly doing things that, you know, are, are, you know, picking it at, at, you know, throwing jokes about people or about concepts or things that are, are happening in the real world. Um, you know, they got canceled and, and got brought back um, in the same way um did, south park got canceled and brought back right or no we were talking no. about futurama futurama, futurama yeah, twice um twice yeah um kind of doing it the same way here with um a family guy basically on a fan driven um mm-hmm. uh campaign to bring them back so uh, it was awesome um i'm glad it's back it's obviously it's been back forever who you know but they do such a good job with it um and I and it's had a ton of spin-offs which I, I think is great uh, not I don't think we're going to talk about any of them tonight um, but the spin-offs have, are all also pretty good at least in the same realm um, American dad isn't really a spin-off per se but it, kind of in the same lane as the show uh Cleveland show obviously uh, is also pretty good I don't know if it was really spin-off worthy other than maybe it could have had a few more episodes you know based on Cleveland and his family but um,
1: it I think it Good show all around. Yeah, I mean, Family Guy. I, there was this is the one I was really torn between at six between Archer and Family Guy. We're right there. Uh, that is one that we still consume a lot here in my household. Uh, I think there's been a significant fall off in the quality of the last X amount of seasons of Family Guy, but the first the first iteration of it, and for five, six, seven, eight seasons after they got brought back, they were crushing it. And I think maybe this it's not worth Seth puts a lot of his energy these days so the quality has fallen off but there is just something magical about the original family guy with stewie wanted to kill lois the talking genocidal baby and brian the alcoholic dog who's a writer who can't get his his novel published and it's it is entirely based on cutaways of points but just some of the ridiculousness of it made it what it was for me
2: yeah i thought it was you know fantastic and farcical and um the ridiculousness is is what made it the best like and every everything that you guys have said so far i agree with like the the homicidal baby like his only goal in life is to kill the person that brought him life I just that's that's hilarious to me and brian like he's obvious he's the smartest person in the room but he's also maybe got the most faults which is also like super funny to me um just kind of like that that gifted and talented kid that you know ends up like setting fires and stuff like that like you know what i mean just kind of he's he's brilliant but he's he's a little bit off um so but yeah great great show great pick uh I, good job guys
0: i love any time that we take the timing of something and take it too far and the joke where peter hurts his leg and just sits there for a minute going <laughs> <laughs> like that just kills me that's the best because you take it so far it's funny it's then all right it's old then you're just like all right this is ridiculous and then it brings it all the way back around to being funny again like that is something that i can that i love that awkward you know confusing sense of humor and i think that mcfarland did it and also when they got canceled and came back the very first scene is them talking about how they were canceled and then they listed every single fox show that was produced and canceled in between them being broken off. And then they said, do you think we'll come back? Peter lists the lists. And then he says, well, if those were all canceled and then they immediately go to the song and then we're back. <laughs> like that is great to me. And it's a list that's about, it's, you know, it's like 60 a two minute long. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> I think, you know, it, and yes, it does it have its fastball. No, uh, Seth McFarland a bit of a racking and tour, just kind of a everything man. And, uh, You know, Maybe not the focus, but in the day, uh, the biting humor of family guy. Nothing better. All right, I got eight and nine. Um, We'll finish up round two. I went with King of the Hill, continuing the trend of shows that (laughs) were featured after The Simpsons on Fox on Sunday nights. Um, King of the Hill was Mike Judge's show after Beavis and Butthead. Um, Apparently, I just (laughs) stan Mike Judge a lot, but a completely different take a I think a very affectionate, uh, view of Southern America, uh, Texas in particular, Hank Hill, of course, propane and propane accessory salesman and a show that never went too far in itself in, especially, um, in today's day and age where perhaps Texas and the South, uh, don't always get the nicest rap and people are, uh, kind of dicks just for the sake of being dicks towards that area there's a lot of good people down there and i think king of the hill was a very well-produced piece of of southern life that is not really seen plus it was funny in a way it showed the range of mike judge and his ability to produce a show it is not the same sense of humor at all of a beavis and butthead but it is still oftentimes just as funny with the characters bobby hill is near iconic um i just think a great show overall
1: this is a show i appreciate way more now than i did when it was actually originally airing so you look back at all the the quotable moments especially from hank and bobby and just the deadpan of it all um it holds up really well it holds up better than i think a lot of the other shows that were taken ahead of it on this list do because the humor isn't as much tied to the events of the time we go back and watch a family guy episode that has bill clinton heavily featured in it even though it's a great episode it's like okay well this is king of the hill for the reason that they were in their own little universe is timeless and those jokes are still as funny now as they were when they first aired
2: yeah uh, i i really like I, I didn't catch it in its first iteration but i did catch it in syndication and i fell in love immediately i thought that the timeliness of the syndication actually hit me harder than it may have back when it first aired because it was the tale of an old school middle-aged white dude Mm -hmm. coming to terms with the fact that the world is moving on and like just making slight adjustments in his life so that he can not be completely irrelevant but still holding on so hard to the past that he like, hold so dear. And I just, I don't know. I, I, uh, credit to the writers. I, I think it's fantastic for that reason. And, and like the, just the characters that swirl around him and kind of have that same evolution along those lines. I, I, I think it's a, I, th- I, I think it's a fantastic television show, much less cartoon.
3: Yeah. No, it, it's, it's very good. Um, you get an idea of the characters and you feel for these characters, you yeah. feel for, you know, Hank and Peggy and Bobby and Luann and like the, these characters that are just so real, mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously they're not real, but they, you see Bobby and, you know, I'm not going to speak for the other guys in the room, but like some of those things that he went through as, as a kid in that show <laughs> were things that I was either going through or went through at some point in my, my life as a child. So it's, it, it was a different kind of cartoon, um, but it's also completely very,
0: grounded in reality. There's no, yeah, yeah. there's no fantastical part of it. Like it yeah. is nothing could not happen in real life in that show or in a, in a written show. And I think that that's what, what made it work was it's a anti cartoon cartoon where none of the fantasy elements. That's the whole point of cartoons is being able to stretch your boundaries. None of that is done in the show. And I, yep. I think that that's, A a cool thing.
1: Yeah, they could they could have shot the show with live actors.
0: Yes, yes, and they would have. It would have been the same thing. Absolutely. Round two: Venture Brothers, Archer, Family Guy, and King of the Hill. Round three begins with. I went with BoJack Horseman, the first ever Netflix cartoon, and a show that got six seasons on Netflix, and dealt with. You know, we just talked about King of the Hill dealing with kind of realism. Um, do you like to deal with addictions and traumas and racism and sexism and any kind else of ism? Um, welcome to BoJack Horseman, a show about a failed anamorphic horse that is trying to make a comeback in life and dealing with all the trials and tribulations that come along with trying to stay relevant in a world that's changing, similar to what we just talked about with Hank Hill. Um. Pretty, you know, obviously a fantastical premise. You have to deal with a talking horse as long as you're willing to go with that. But from there, it just kind of takes off. And I don't think you would see a show called BoJack Horseman and expect it to delve into the human condition like it did, but it is a very modern cartoon and it hits on all the elements that we all feel, I think, uh, on a, you know, I'll I'll speak to, uh, on a weekly basis. Like, you think about these things. It actually talks about mental health and it doesn't in a very funny way but almost sometimes it's like oh boy that that hit didn't it um <laughs> that, that kind of came pretty real so you know like i said it netflix decided to go in it's one of the first netflix shows that i remember like being an original type of show and i think it hit every button uh when it came to it so boys your thoughts on bojack horseman
1: heavily heavily endorsed bojack um it's another one that i thought about earlier the the show it's it feels like if you if you lay all the elements out on the table this show should not work correct it is a horse yep. actor and anthropomorphic <laughs> horse actor with his friend who he's in love with who is dating a anthropomorphic dog um who all the all the while trying to like save the lives of his, his roommate who can't get motivated and the girl who used, like the the actress who used to be the girl on his original show back in the day, and the writing and the way that they make these characters real, even though they're so ridiculous on surface level, is um, is just amazing. They do a really good job of it. I, w- if you're listening to the show for recommendation of what to watch for a quick laugh, could not recommend this little enough. By the way, do not open this on Netflix and want to be like, I just want a good chuckle. I'm going to binge six seasons of BoJack. That is not the show for you. But it is a fantastic, well-done show that I do recommend. And Will Arnett does an amazing job as BoJack.
2: I am embarrassed to admit that I have seen like half of one episode of BoJack. And I didn't abandon it for like, because I didn't like it or anything like that. It was, you know, I had thought I had 30 minutes uh, to myself in the living room. I had six and I had to bail uh, when the family came in. And, uh, Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. And so I just, you know, and for some reason I haven't gone back and I, I, I know the premise of the show and I love all of the voice actors that are involved. And so I, I do have to go and check it out because yeah. I know, I know I'm going to love it. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I can't say that this is a, a terrible pick because just for what it was, I, I know how important it was. Uh, I, but I just, I haven't experienced it yet.
3: Eric. You're n- you're not alone, buddy. Um, I also have have neglected. I, I'm not a big TV guy, um, you know these days, um, so I, I haven't had a chance to watch this. I've, I've heard nothing but good things, um, sometimes from people that I don't really respect their uh, TV viewing. Uh, I think Bill Fair knows enough. who I'm talking about, yep. um, but uh, I, I know it. I've under I understand that it's very good. Um, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward a to good uh, jumping into it um, at some point here in the future. So, Bill, thanks for the reminder to do so. Get on it.
0: Nick, you got 10. Talk to us.
3: So I, I just mentioned that I don't really do TV, um, but I, I picked a show that debuted here in what, 2014, I believe. Mm-hmm. 2015. Um, a TV show called uh, a cartoon. Uh, F is for family. Um, it is uh, from comedian Bill Burr. I like Bill Burr a lot. I think his comedy is hilarious. Social commentary is very, very upfront, very to the point. Um, he's not afraid to pull any punches. I think cartoons are funnier with cursing. Um, it's, I mean, I'm almost anything's better with cursing. Like cursing happens, um, and to suppress it, I think is very foolish. Is there cursing in BoJack? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yes. I wasn't it, sure. It's, if it's wasn't an there.
0: R-rated. It's an R-rated show.
3: Yeah. 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 So is this. Um, yeah. So uh, Bill Burr is, is the lead in this. He plays uh, Frank Murphy um, he's a Korean war veteran, you know, works as a baggage handler at the, at the airport. Um, he has a family uh, in this like cul-de-sac and his neighbors suck. His kid, he hates his kids. Like, it's just like a very, it's very funny. Um, it's very like pointed. It's 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 very it's time. It's not timely. It's set in the mid seventies, but you could tell like the the thought and the the process that goes into it to make it a cartoon in the twenty teens about the nineteen seventies, and like just the you know the the backgrounds and the and the pieces and the things they talk about. You know, they pick the phone up off the wall, like stuff like stuff like that stuff that happened in the 70s. If there was a cartoon that was made back then, this would be it. Um, and it's a nice like throwback retro piece because um, it's not like they do um, like a thing like with um, the Wonder Years where they would. It was set in the 1950s, but they would talk about it like, oh, this was 20 years ago. You know, mm-hmm. this is how this happened. No, like this is like in real time. Um, so I, I think it is; it, it's pretty good. Um, it's it's no longer no longer um, being written. It was just five five seasons, which is probably enough for a cartoon like this. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's it's really good. If you haven't had a chance to watch it, uh, go check it out.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen this one. I got to admit, um, but it sounds uh, you know I like Bill Burr um, for the most part. He's got some interesting thoughts these days, but I think for the most <laughs> part, it's pretty sharp. Sharp human being who I respect, uh, even if I may not be 100% in lockstep with them. So, um, again, Netflix, I think, I uh, knew what they were doing when they were getting in the animation game. With the, These are their first two shows, original shows. I think uh, home runs for both of them.
1: Yeah, nothing to add. I'm not really even a big Bill Burr, Bill Burr person, so I was maybe less motivated to pick it up to begin with. But it, it is it is somewhere on the watch list for me. And I will roll on here. We continue moving now with just two more picks left in round number three. Uh, Another more, more recent show that only just finished its fourth season at number 11 went with Rick and Morty on the cartoon network. And maybe this is the indicative pick of me being the youngest person on the podcast. And I'm totally fine <laughs> with that. Um, I also do think it gets a little bit worse of a rap than it deserves because some of the online fan base is embarrassing about the it.
0: online fan base. sucks. it's awful. So it's, it's really hard for me. Really to, bad. Like I have never watched an episode of this Jeff. And again, I think it may be slightly generation, not that we're like different generations, but I just, it, you, you sell me on this cause I just, I think the fan base has turned me off to this show.
1: So what the online fan base would have you believe is that this is the smartest TV show that's ever been created, cartoon or otherwise. And I would not say that. I think there are are some very smart writing. I think that Royland and Harmon have done a fantastic job both writing the show and also bringing the main characters of the show to life. You have the go-getting grandfather who wants to go out and do all these crazy space adventures and the reticent grandson who goes along begrudgingly because in all of the alternate dimensions, every Morty has always agreed to go on adventures with every Rick and every parallel dimension, even though they always know that it plays out badly for them. And it has a, some, some other great voice actors as well. Uh, now drafted two consecutive shows that have Chris Parnell doing a voice as well as Sarah Chalk, who you may mo- know more from scrubs yep. doing uh, Beth and Jerry Rick, uh, Rick's daughter and son-in-law and Morty's parents. And obviously it, in, direct contrast to like say king of the hill where everything could definitely have happened with real human actors uh, they frequently you know in this show travel between multiple dimensions using a portal gun um, which does throw out a lot of the realism of it but because they can go anywhere and do anything that means that the only limits are what the writers can come up with which allows every every episode to be housed in its own often in its own unique dimension with a unique character and they also find a one episode a season to do kind of a sketch episode where the characters sit down and watch clips that the writers have come up with that weren't turned into full episodes and then turn them into like little mini cable shows or mini memories from the characters and things like that too. It is it is funny. It is really well written and I think that if you were to watch it without hearing what other people have tried to tell you it is, you would enjoy it because there's a lot to it that we liked in other shows.
3: Yeah I I when it I think it first hit Hulu I tried to do like a, a binge on it. I got through a lot of episodes. Like I think it is actually quite funny. Um, but Bill, as you said, like the, the fan base is just terrible. Like it sucks. It's very bad. Um, but I, I wanted to try and it it is good. Like it's funny. Um
0: and Harmon's great. I, I don't yeah. he obviously a comedic brilliant mind. So mm-hmm. I don't want to take away from that. I think it's just like The whole Szechuan sauce thing and everything like I just
1: (laughs) which in and of itself is a really because that, that in that episode. So that's the season premiere for season three, I think, where they came back after a really long hiatus, a couple of years off between seasons two and season three. The entire point of the episode is that Rick is being Rick is in prison and he's having his mind probed by an alien trying to steal how he came up with a portal gun. And what they're doing to try to get him to reveal this is they're showing him all his darkest memories. Like they they take him back in time to show his wife and daughter be vaporized in front of him, or his wife specifically. His daughter's in the other room, and. The mean, in in the background, the, the the alien character who he has taken through a McDonald's drive-through because when they went back in time to see this memory it was specifically when the movie Milana had come out and McDonald's had Szechuan chicken teriyaki sauce available with McNuggets. It's just in the background while Rick is watching his wife die. It's like, man, this Szechuan sauce is fucking delicious, and that's what it's, it's <laughs> no, the, See, I'm laughing It got meme <laughs> to high hell. <laughs> it did, but in the context of the episode, but that's well, like most of the things, me. it's in the episode, it's fantastic, and then it, like everything just taken in the internet and they just beat its death. But I think in the context of the show, a lot of the things that you would find to be annoying make are much better.
0: Would would South Park have if South Park had came out in 2012, would South Park had been Rick and Morty? Like in terms of the Internet L-
1: latched onto by the fan base. internet generation, probably. Yeah. yeah, because Trey and Matt have a lot of that same kind of smart. Sure. Humor that appeals to that same demographic. Yeah. All right.
3: I'll, I'll try one. We'll see. Eric, any thoughts on Rick and Morty?
2: I, I haven't seen more than a part of an episode, and um, it's not – again, it's not like I'm, I'm trying to avoid it. It's just it hasn't come up on my watch list or, or like, hit me in a place where I've been in the mood for it. So I, I don't really have much to say other than a lot of people think it's funny.
0: <laughs> well, I think if good anyone's
1: going to get into it, at least the first three, if not all four seasons are on Hulu now. Okay.
0: Very good. Rick and Morty at number 11. Eric, you got – The end of round three, the beginning of round four. Talk to us about pick number 12.
2: Yeah, these picks go in two opposite directions. Very opposite directions (laughs) from what I can read here. So uh, with pick number 12 to close out round three, I went with Boondocks, which is one of my favorite uh, cartoon programs of all time. And it started out as one of my favorite comic strips, actually. Um, I'm pretty sure I was like a, a kid, when or maybe just a very young adult when it first started to appear in the sunday comics in buffalo news and um i always appreciated how the main character it's been a long time so pardon me please i believe his name is huey just kind of he went through life and and like his his main goal was to kind of navigate safely through being a young african-american male in a society that didn't have a lot of love for young african-american males and that, and the, and so the comic strip was very introspective and kind of uh, a little bit reflective of American society and how that information is taken in by a young African American male. But uh, the cartoon, the, the, the show took it to like twelve new levels, and it was just, it was an in-your-face, like almost physical attack on, like the, you know, kind of the racist undertones that we are still trying to deal with today in, in American society. And um, I feel like if anybody has anything really good to say about um, like a, from a social commentary standpoint about what's happening now, like it kind of already got said by Magruder back then. And a lot of people could benefit from a revisit to the couple seasons that this cartoon existed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it didn't read the comic i do remember watching a couple episodes and no it was it it, it hit you a little bit and i think it, it is actually probably more culturally relevant now than yeah. it what or or just at or it should have been more culturally relevant when it was out um it, yeah it, it is it doesn't pull a ton of punches and it's it's well done
2: and i think important too that like there aren't a lot of cartoons from this perspective or just like so there isn't a lot of social pop culture material from this perspective and so for me and and maybe that's just you know as like I was a young adult white guy I didn't have access to that kind of material and so just the fact that this existed then and and it exists now I think is a big deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, and I admittedly read well well more of the comic than I did ever watch. I've seen a couple of episodes of, of the show, but just like like you mentioned, Eric, growing up as you know, white kid from the suburbs, this is a perspective that I very rarely at that point in my life when this was coming out had ever considered because I never had to. I had the privilege of not having to think about things like that. So it was one of the first things I can really remember consuming and almost not knowing how to process it in that way. So it was it's. Great. And I'm glad it's on this list for the reason that it has such a unique perspective, not just as a, as a cartoon, but as, as a piece of multimedia that, you know, can really provide people who maybe would normally consume this type of media with a perspective that they are not used to seeing, which is hugely important, it was important that it's maybe even more important now or more, more realized now, maybe is the better way to put it, uh, which makes it, uh, I think it's a great pick.
3: Yeah, no, I, I certainly agree. It was uh, it was next up on my list um, if it fell to me. Um, uh, so it's very, very important uh, television show, not just a, an important cartoon, but an important television show. So good pick. I like it.
0: Thanks. All right, Eric, you start off round four as well. Pick number 13. So
2: the, the premise of this cartoon series kind of, to me, feels like what if Beavis and Butthead grew up and – became the biggest metal rock stars of all time. <laughs> and that would be metalocalypse. And I am currently in a rewatch on HBO max and it is still ridiculous and terrible in all of the best ways possible. And also like, you know, there's some sweet riffage going on <laughs> in the background. Uh, you know, just like, I, I don't, like every time something happens and they're just like grunts brutal and you hear the guitar, like, you know, it's, it's sparse throughout the show or spread throughout the show all scattershot, shot. But, uh, and then it kind of builds in the dynamic that you saw on the, in the, um, was it some kind of monster, the Metallica documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it kind of throws some of that, like behind the scenes, like, you know, you've got the, the guitar player that everybody picks on the bass player that nobody likes the lead singer who's like really into himself. And uh, I just, I don't know. Um, it's, it's, it's just completely unrealistic. It, none of the things that occur in the show could ever happen, but I think that's what makes it fantastic.
1: This is and this may be a weird parallel to draw because the, the two items by themselves are so different. This is basically, for me, like a cartoon version of this is Spinal Tap, where they're aware of all of sure. the yeah. memes and kind of things that people lampoon in the industry. And then they just take that because they can, and they just dial it up to 11 because they're yeah. a cartoon, they can do whatever they want. And so as someone who like in, enjoys metal music and things like that, it's it's funny to see them take that environment and then just lampoon it Nick uh,
3: and I've heard good things um, I Same. think I've seen like half I've, I've seen an episode um, I know who I know what Death Clock is um, thank you guitar hero um, <laughs> but uh, no it, it's I, and I've, I've heard bits and pieces of the music um, certainly interesting uh, concept um, uh, definitely something I have to check out
0: yeah, it sounds like a keeper, and you said it's on HBO Max now. It is, yeah. All right, I could probably hit that up then. Nick, this just makes me excited to do a draft of songs that are in Guitar Hero Two or Guitar Hero <laughs> Three. Let's do <laughs> it. Oh God, I think we have our premise for our next one. Jeff, fourteen. All right, so
1: let, let's let's completely forget that structure exists here in any sort of media form for a little bit. We've talked what is about structure. What is structure? What what is what is anything? So instead of giving you a, a thirty-minute piece of Material 22 minutes in commercials or whatever it is. Let's instead give you two 15-minute segments of that that are just 10 minutes straight. And into that 10 minutes, we're just going to give you about 50 different sketches. And maybe only 70% of them are even funny. But there's so many of them uh, that it still works. I love Robot Chicken. It is so ridiculous. They they will attack anyone and anything. They will use any sort of cartoon random reference. Seth Green and and his team there. I I not I'm not sure there is a single thing or concept or movie they have not at some point referenced. And is every single bit of it funny? No, there's some duds. But everything from you know Care Bears fighting to all the Skeletor and He-Man bits to the fact that and every year in the intro they find a way to re-resurrect all the characters they killed off at the end of the previous season because they thought they were finally going to get canceled on the previous season, uh, it is it is just Chaos, it is weird, and I greatly enjoy
2: it. Yeah, I think um, Seth Green is just a little bit older than I am, but our uh, nerdisms lie in the same realms, and so when he was given free reign of a claymation and modified uh, action figure show, like it, it just there wasn't a single time where it just didn't click with me. Like I, I, I thought it was all fantastic and I I still do.
0: It's not a show that I watch frequently, but it is chaotic energy. And I don't know probably about 60% of the references anyway, but I've definitely watched episodes and been like, well, that was funny. And, but it is, I appreciate any art that uh, takes, what is you? What is your expectation just kind of throws it out the window. And Robot Chicken succeeds great at that.
1: Yeah, The, the Simpsons is like going to Barbell or a local local wing place and ordering a, a good 10 like medium wings that you know are just going to be fantastic. Whereas Robot Chicken is going to some place you never heard of, ordering the 10 weirdest things on the menu. And some of them, you, know, you just hope that some some of them are going to be fantastic, some of them are going to be weird, but you're gonna, you're going to have an experience.
0: yogurt lettuce wraps well all right give it a shot nick any thoughts on robot chicken i
3: it it is a little bit too much for my palate um which it's it's not a knock on that it's probably a knock on me um (laughs) it's it's a lot to consume in in one portion um maybe something i again with a lot of these things that i haven't seen i need to revisit um certainly put it on the list um but yeah I, I, I get the premise, I, I appreciate the premise um, you know I, I know they do it well um, It's just something that It's not a, th- not a thing you put on in the
0: background um, yeah. So I'll have to jump back into that one Well Nick, clearly you hate claymation So why don't you hit us up here with number 15 <laughs> So
3: w- when I said I oatmealed um, This is my oatmeal pick um, <laughs> Not technically a cartoon But it is animation um, celebrity Deathmatch um, Growing up This was a very um, a, a show that this was like appointment Viewing there was like Monday Night Raw, Monday Night <laughs> show, Flipping back and forth and then there was Celebrity Deathmatch and just, just just to like See what they were going to do Who was going to face off against each other How they were going to Just destroy each other Was, was something that I, I Had to see um, I remember, you know, being in 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 my my bedroom. My brother, we shared a room. And we would watch it and just like, like ah, we don't even like, couldn't even possibly comprehend. Like, I don't know if we we knew what like claymation was, but just what they were doing was so impressive. Um, I, we loved it. Like, I loved that show. Um, and then they brought it back. I don't know how well it was when it, when they got brought back, but I remember the first few seasons when it ran on mtv it was just awesome
0: how did this show get a video game out of it when it the whole <laughs> of it was killing celebrities like i just it's kind of weird to think like oh I very
1: specific grand theft auto
0: fight as melissa joan hart or roseanne or any of the celebrities of the 90s or whatever i was in the game was
1: just like tech in with like joan rivers and it was
0: probably clay fighter with uh, you know yeah. fighters or whatever right I, it was a fun show, Nick. I remember it too. And I remember it being, I think it debuted on the Super Bowl halftime show or something like that. It got a spot for a Super Bowl halftime show. I know, Jeff, this is, it's weird, man. It's the 90s. Um, and it was like just incredible to watch.
3: Yeah, the the uh, pilot, the second pilot episode um, was called Death Bowl 98.
0: That's what it um, was, yeah.
3: There were, there were three matches. It was Kathy Lee Gifford versus Howard Stern. Uh, Pam Anderson versus RuPaul, and then uh, the Spice Girls versus Hanson. Howard Stern released his corrosive flatulence on uh, Kathleen Gifford, causing her to melt. Uh, Pam Anderson shoved RuPaul's shoe through his eye socket. Um, That also had Marv Albert as a guest commentator and uh, both Hanson and the Spice Girls were crushed by the light rigging after Marilyn Manson cuts through the supports with a chainsaw. His motive for doing this explained in a pre-fight interview from early in the episode in which Manson expresses his dislike for both bands. So
1: That takes care of the Nitro recap. What happened on Celebrity Deathmatch? Exactly, right?
0: (laughs) And it's aged so well with Mr. Manson, hasn't it? Oh, boy. Yeah. Eric, uh, any Celebrity Deathmatch memories for you?
2: I remember watching
0: it. This was,
2: uh, it, by 98, I was out of my house. So cable wasn't like a guarantee where I was at. Uh, so I, I remember watching it. I don't necessarily remember any specific matches, but I do remember that. I thought it was funny.
0: Very good. And I will end things here. Pick number 16, Jeff, you went with a cult classic, Nick, Eric, you all went with one. Um, I, I, Show of hands of who has heard of Clone High before. I just want to make sure. Has anyone heard of Clone High before you begin? So, Eric, I've never off. seen it. Never watched it. Okay. So, it is um, a very young Will Forte, is uh, one of the main voices in it. And it is Abe Lincoln, Joan of Arc, Gandhi, Cleopatra, and JFK uh, cloned, and they're all teenagers in a high school. And it is absolutely ridiculous it's a surreal show they have the mad scientist figure that is essentially the uh the character who is you know basically their caretaker and um it was super low rated and it got um it gandhi gets beat up in an episode and then it caused india to freak out and um many people did hunger strikes and they had to pull it from the air now it's coming back on HBO max for two seasons because apparently who gives a shit now. Um, but it is just, it is that surreal humor and it hit just as like uh, family guy was getting big. And it was a very, very funny show to me. Where did and it air? It was on MTV for one okay. season. I think it's only, I had the DVD and it was like back when, like it was one of those thick clamshells that looked yeah. like an old VHS cassette yeah. holder. And I think it got, I think it was either 10 or 12 episodes and they didn't air them all because they had to pull it because MTV was going to get kicked off the air in India. And they were like, well, let's not do that. So um, it was controversial, but to me it was hilarious. Um, And if that makes me culturally insensitive, I do apologize 18 years later. However, it's coming back. So clearly there's something going on. I'm assuming that Gandhi will be uh, much more respectful or naughty character in this (laughs) Um, But just seeing like JFK as the, you know, like the macho stud, you got uh, Abe Lincoln as the super awkward character who's trying to go after Cleopatra. Joan of Arc is kind of like the emo goth girl uh, sidekick. It was very funny, very weird. Like I said, soup, like pre, this is pre SNL will forte. Um, It's a Canadian show that, so it's just cult classic, very odd. I, if you can find it, watch it. I think I can find my DVDs. If you want to borrow them and watch it, and all of its 480i glory, um, but it was uh, it was one of those shows that just classic cult cult classic to me. And it's fine because none of you watched it, so you have nothing else to say. So we will conclude the draft there. Uh, some misses, uh, perhaps, at uh, uh, Nobody Taking, American Dad.
1: That was uh, heavily considered by me for my fourth Cleveland
0: round, but... show, Bob's Burgers was not taken. Daria yeah. was not taken. Um, and a bunch of different uh, shows, I thought maybe like Ed, Ed, and Eddie, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, a couple of the Cartoon Network classics, none of them uh, hitting. But overall, I think we, we hit the big ones, which I think yeah. is important. Right?
1: Also, another honorable mention that was also considered by me for the fourth round is Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law.
0: Another yeah. good one, very good one. I, I it was between Clone High and Space Ghost for me. Nick, any other? Uh, w- if you could have taken out Celebrity Deathmatch, what would you have been looking at?
3: Um, so I, I guess it depends on what you consider adult animation. Um, I guess if if it's on Saturday mornings on Nickelodeon, maybe not. Um, or Sunday mornings. Uh, but uh, Brendan Simpy. Yeah, um, we talked about yeah, that
0: one. Yeah. 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 A tough Mm. one because it's on Nickelodeon, but it was clearly not intended for the Nickelodeon audience. It's not yeah, Not at all. That that would have been um, my last pick for sure. Eric, any other ones that you were considering?
2: Uh, Just an honorable mention that probably wouldn't make anybody's list, but I thought was funny was the very brief uh, Clerks animated series. Oh, God. Yeah. I thought of Clerks. I this, absolutely, six episodes yeah, and with the Alec Baldwin episode, in it. Yeah. And the yes. second episode was a clip show yeah. of the first, where <laughs> yes. they're remembering their best yes. memories. And it was the all the first episode. Like That it just, show
0: was funny as hell, man. So
2: funny. And, I, you it know, it was this, so funny. You wouldn't expect anything else from Kevin Smith, but he made the most out of six episodes. It it's, was, it's hard to say it's of I want to watch it now, because
1: time. they just did a clip show no.
0: about their one yeah. episode go, at, Jeff, yeah. go find it because that is it's, that's a yeah. great reference Eric that show is hilarious that's a very good one and Alec Baldwin is uh, just like the evil yeah. guy in it for no reason hilarious good stuff all right well that does it here today for draft show we do appreciate you guys listening and check us out on Facebook Instagram and Twitter where you can give us your thoughts on what we did. We will be back again with another one for Nick, for Eric, and for Jeff. I'm Bill. Talk to you then.